0: Everyone, Welcome to another episode of the Black Menaces Podcast. Super excited to be here. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm here with my co-host,
1: Rachel Weaver. We are so happy to be back here on the podcast today. And if you're watching the video episode, I am back in studio today, which has been a minute, so happy to be here. <laughs>
0: it has been. Glad to have you back in the studio. All right, Rachel, you want to jump into our menace moment this week? Yes, I got?
1: do. person I chose today for the menace moment is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC. Um, at least in social media and in the political world. She was born in the Park Chester neighborhood of the Bronx, but eventually moved to Yorktown, which is about 20 to 30 minutes away in the Bronx because her parents wanted her to have better access to education. Her mother was born and raised in Puerto Rico and then moved to New York. And then her father was a second generation born into America, raised in America, also was raised in the Bronx. Um, Some things about her life before she... Was involved in politics. She attended Boston University, and that there she graduated with a degree in both econ and international rela- relations, which are both hard majors, in my opinion, based on what I knew at BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty intense majors, so that's quite impressive. Something um, to note, though, about her experience that was in um, information that I looked up about her was that she incurred a lot of debt when she went to college, because although she was, um, you know, very Smart. She didn't really have access to to pay for that schooling, which has um, influenced her political beliefs and what she fights for now. Mm -hmm. So uh, while she was in college, she also had the opportunity to intern in the office of the late Senator Ted Kennedy. And during this, she was able to see a lot of firsthand experiences with the heartbreak that comes from ice separating families and a lot of immigration issues. Um, and these experiences led her to want to organize uh, Latinx youth in the Bronx and across the U.S., which um, led to her eventually working as the educational director with national His- with the National Hispanic Institute, where she helped uh, Americans, dreamers, and undocumented youth in communities... Um, who were leaders, attend college. Um, and then during the 2016 presidential election, she worked as a volunteer and organizer for the Bernie Sanders campaign in the South Bronx. And then eventually she decided that she wanted to run for political office. And so in June of 2018, her political campaign kind of shocked a lot of people because she beat... Um, really important people, and then her campaign was 100% driven by grassroots volunteers and donations, mm-hmm. and she took zero contributions from corporations, which is something she still does today in her campaign, which is, if you don't know, that's, not, that's kind of unheard of in politics nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and then in um, January 2019, she was sworn in as the youngest woman and youngest Latina ever to serve in Congress and in her first term she introduced 23 pieces of legislation and saw three amendments get passed that's crazy because that's more
0: than mike lee has introduced in like his entire political career i think he's introduced like three. (laughs) anyway continue right
1: so even and and so now she's on her third term and i know in her second term she introduced um another 30 pieces of legislation which is kind of crazy and so she's quite impressive i think and Um, What I think is really interesting about her position is she became a congresswoman during the time of social media, and so it kind of is showing like Gen Z's approach to politics and how we engage with our representatives, because not only was she someone who was, you know, out in D.C. representing, um, but also she has an internet presence and people, like she's kind of famous as well in Mm -hmm. a way that politicians haven't been in the past. So I think it's challenging the view, um, you know, historically of what politicians have been seen as and viewed as and their lack of accessibility as well. Mm -hmm. And she is very active on social media and um, she's been interviewed by Vanity Fair. She also went to the Met Gala, which was kind of a controversial thing because of what she wore. Anyway, but I just think it's interesting how we're now in the age of politicians um, also oh, being celebrities. she
0: wasn't like eat the rich or something Yes, like that? but like her
1: dress was super expensive too, so everyone's like, what do you mean eat the rich when you're now wearing this expensive dress? Tough, right. Tough, tough, tough. I just think it's interesting and something that I'm excited to l- look towards in politics is as Gen Z rises and becomes, you know, in politics and things like that, Mm -hmm. what that will look like with their involvement with social media and um, I feel like that negatively impacts older generations, they don't like that, but younger generations, it's how we feel connected to people and we view it, I don't, it doesn't taint my perspective of a possible politician because there's social media presence unless it's negative. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like older generations are a little more apprehensive to those types of things, which is weird because older people are what um, fund campaigns. Anyway, some, some things to think about. But AOC, you are a true menace because you are standing up and representing um, a community that historically doesn't have a lot of people fighting for them. And and I love watching her videos on the internet of her just questioning different people mm-hmm. in legil- legislative sessions and her just speaking. She's very um, eloquent with her words. And um, uh, it would be cool to see someone like her run for a president one day
0: that would be cool i would love to see that eventually i think in the, the state that we're currently in it would be a difficult thing to see
1: yes i agree but
0: meaning like it, it it would be like almost impossible for that to succeed in our current like political state yeah but it's something that i would love to see for sure yep yeah, yeah.
1: all right well yeah. we are going to move into the interview portion of today and we have a really special treat for you guys nate do you want to introduce will
0: uh, Will? Okay. I don't to introduce Will. Okay, you're right, you're right. We'll, we'll give himself, him a little yeah. like slight introduction, <laughs> then he can introduce
1: himself. So Absolutely. today, we um, have Will here with us on the podcast. Um, we shared about Will's story on our Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. last week. And so today, we're just interviewing him to, to learn more about his story. And so, Will, go ahead and give us a little introduction on, on who you are.
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Will, and I'm happy to be here with you guys today. I am a student at Utah Valley University and as you guys know, sorry on the TikTok last week there was a big incident issues that's going on around Utah Valley and we wanna bring more awareness towards that because we felt like it's a topic. Mm -hmm. It's a hot topic, but it's a topic that's very important in our society nowadays, and then we need to bring more attention to it and also act upon it.
1: Absolutely. Amen.
0: Yeah, yeah, so if you haven't seen the videos on uh, Black Menace's TikTok, we just posted them. Maybe it's been a little less than a week, um, like, you know, the, um, but we posted two parts uh, talking about Will's story, and we're going to go over league again today just so that you know those who haven't heard about it um, can learn a little bit more about the incident that happened, and then we're going to talk about some of the steps that have been taken some of the steps that haven't been taken some of the steps that need to be taken in order for this to be fully resolved Um, and just kind of give you an update on the situation Um, but yeah so Will first reached out to us let me see a couple weeks ago it was like two Saturdays ago um, Mm -hmm. that you and your friend Didi reached out to us and huge shout out to Didi I don't know if she's listening but um, without her a lot of this stuff probably wouldn't have gone public because um, she took it upon herself to jump in and you know reach out to a whole bunch of different platforms and make sure that this story got out there so that things like this don't happen again so Mm -hmm. dd wherever we are we love you thank you for being a menace and please Mm -hmm. continue to do this in the future Um, but will do you want to kind of tell us uh, what's been going on what your what the situation is Um, and yeah well, actually before that tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're from um, you know how long you've been in utah all that good stuff and then and then you know we can jump into your
2: story Oh, yes. Perfect. So a little bit background of me. I was born in the beautiful Caribbean, Haiti, mm. and I grew up here in South Lake City, Utah. Like I went to Cotonou High School, Mary. Shout mm. out to Cote. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Wolverine now. I go to Utah Valley University. I'm studying social work. And oh, awesome. Planning to become myself a white lawyer. I'm taking this semester off nice. and yeah um, i I love getting voluntary on the past I have been volunteer like everywhere basically people who knows me knows exactly that's one of my biggest passions.
1: That's awesome
2: and um, yes, that's okay
0: amazing, amazing. I love that and I'm also an aspiring lawyer, so that's cool to hear <laughs> that's, <lawyer>. that's cool <laughs> So you'll be on the on the civil rights end. I want to do public interest stuff where I'm like suing the big companies. You know, so like when when stuff like this happens, I want to be the lawyer that sues the apartment complex (laughs) And the university. Like, hey, you need to give my client money or else, you know, so that's cool. Um, yeah, maybe we can collab in the future, for sure. But yeah, do you want to kind of tell us what happened in this situation? Um, What was the deal with your roommates? What what went down? And then, you know, what's going on now?
1: Oh,
2: yes. So I'm gonna go back from where it started. It started from back in September when I moved into the apartment. And then, immediately, Jordan started acting up towards me Mm. on a very bad behavior. And things started to get messy and worse and worse. So, in October, my family ended up coming over, my sisters. And then, they came over to the apartment around like midnight because I was feeling very down and everything. This was in October. Yeah. So, just a few weeks after
0: you moved in. Yes, that was literally So, things were bad like right from the beginning?
2: Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I just couldn't take it anymore and everything and then... I was really struggling mentally and everything. And then my family are reaching out to them at a point, because I come up to a point where I'm just like, I'm done. And I talked to my family and I explained them the situation that I am in. And my sister was immediately came over that night. And then when she came over, she she walked in inside of the apartment and I knocked their doors. Two of them were inside of their rooms, and then I knocked, and then they came outside. And then my sister was like, hey, boys, I heard there has been issues going on. What's happening? Tell me about it. And Jordan immediately started being defensive at, as he heard my sister asking that. And from the start, everything just started getting bad. As my sister was trying to talk to them, the other roommates were a little bit chill, but they were bystanders. Mm and so it didn't make that huge difference at the moment my sister trying to talk to them and then they get into arguments and stuff and jordan even ended up say bad words there at the thing as they were talking
0: said bad words like would use the n-word or, or what
2: what words did he say he used like other words that was that was kind of like aggressive <coughs> towards oh. my sister. and then mm. plus he was like oh you don't live here you you need to get out of the apartment and stuff like that. She wasn't just come to hang out, she was there to solve an issue. She was there because I need help and plus mm. she's my family, so mm. she has all of the right to be there. Right. So that's just to show you how it is like very immature, it's very defensive and everything. Mm. Mm. And my sister ended up left quiet because it was terrible. And she left quiet, both of them, because they felt very bad for what I had to go through. Mm. And then she was very impressed that I was able to handle it for a month, Mm -hmm. for almost a month. And then when she left, and then the other woman was like, oh, we're going to do better, we're going to do this, do that. And after, when my sister left, that week I went up to Salt Lake, and then that's when I started living in Salt Lake at another apartment, and Mm. then that's when I started paying two rents. And then as I was in Salt Lake... In October, I came down one time for the weekend, and then sometimes I'll just come down for the weekend and stuff just to keep an track of my apartment because I still have staff there
1: right. in
2: both places. Mm-hmm. So so why Salt Lake? Was that just close to the family? I feel like it was away from Provo because mm. Mm. I couldn't take it anymore. I was okay, like, yeah. I'm just done with Provo. Yeah, Utah County is, is rough. Because I used to live in O.M., Mm. My first year in college, I moved to Provo because I wanted to get the LDS life experience because I grew up LDS and I wanted to have that. Me as a queer man, I wanted to have that experience, like to live, to to be in a LDS house just like I grew up, but it didn't go well Mm -hmm. and the experience wasn't good. Since when I first went to the church the first time, I introduced myself and I remember I p- said my pronouns and stuff. Jordan immediately started making comments about my pronouns. And one of my w- the women even admitted that he called Jordan out of it. He felt really bad at that time. And he was like, Will is not coming back to church anymore. And then which is happened. I didn't went back since then. Hmm. Because I didn't felt welcome. That was my first time in a new world. And... And then my woman had to treat me like that, and not just my woman treated me like that. Also, people on the people at the church, the other men didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. All of them were laughing. They even also make bad comments to us well about that, and I didn't feel well, well wow. at all. Yeah. And plus, they ended up making jokes about black people, and I was the only black people on the sa- on the womb, and then they were looking at me. And then I ended up, didn't go back anymore. And then when I, and then I used to do church happens, And when I came back from the apartment, I just made my decision, I'm not going back anymore. And then later on, on Christmas, I come back from, I came back from Salt Lake. And then as I was working in the apartment, it was like such a mess and everything. And then Jordan was like, hey, you cannot use that bathroom. I wasn't even going on the bathroom. But he was like, I wanted to remind you, don't go inside of that bathroom, OK? Use your bathroom. And then he was like, the other ones are for the others and stuff like that. And then he was like making bad comments about it and stuff like that. And I decided to not say anything at that time because I feel like my voice would like, make a huge difference at the moment given. And mm-hmm. I also feel like I was already dealing with a lot from him. Yeah. And we two were the only one that was at the apartment, so who knows what will have happened, and if we did get an argument or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I decided instead I would just be quiet and then just stay for the night.
0: Okay. So y- so you didn't really feel safe addressing the issue.
2: I didn't feel safe addressing it because it can be very de- very aggressive and stuff. Especially yeah. it's only with two that at the apartment. Okay. So yeah. And when I went inside of my bathroom and then it was and then Jordan didn't clean the bathroom because he tore up inside of it that morning, like blood and stuff like that. He didn't do anything about it, but at least he was like, oh, this is your bathroom and stuff like that. And then he was like saying stuff. And then I ended up be like, okay, whatever, I'll just do it. And then I just do it later on. I just clean it. And I took a picture of it before I clean it and everything. And yep, and I never used, I only used the other bathroom only one time, but I've never used it since then. Hmm. because i wasn't allowed to and then mm-hmm. whenever i will use it somebody will just try and to go use it at the same time just to make sure even wow even so, they the, will so the other
0: roommates would do that
2: yeah, to keep you from using yeah someone will just always go inside of it even if i even if i would like to use it someone will always like be like oh hold on i'm gonna use it first like they couldn't even go to the other one come on now and yeah but it was a lot at yeah. that time, especially around Christmas and everything. When I came home, with we two were just at the house. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. my word just crashed. with two at the house. But I still stay for the night, and then the next morning I leave. And yep, and moving forward, it has been like an ongoing situation. Mm-hmm. Like It has been like really bad. Even when I move in, I will try to make plans with them, and then you will just don't do it, and then you will just... Trying to make plan. When I first moved in, they used to have a roommate's group chat mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they make before I moved in. But once I moved in, I once I moved into the apartment, I figured out that they have that and I wanted to feel included mm. besides ev- everything that's happening. So I created a new one where I add all of them and then none of them will ever text it on mine. But mm-hmm. perhaps Jordan didn't want it to use the other one because I'm black he does that went to uh, be on the same group chat with me. So he used the other group chat. Hmm. And then Jordan didn't use the other one. And some of them too never used the other group chat too as well, but perhaps they did use the other the other one instead. Even when I call them out multiple times, just keeping me in the loop, at least use the other one. Right. Because I make it for a reason.
1: Hmm. Okay, I, w- I want to ask a question. So I remember in um, everything that was sent to us originally, um, I don't know if we've we said this, but when we originally got the information about the story, um, Didi, right, your friend, mm-hmm. that's right. She sent us like a bunch of documents. She sent us screenshots, recordings, and one of the um, text message screenshots. It was you had asked them to not be disrespectful mm-hmm. when their friends were over or yes. something like that, and speak to that about their yeah, friends um, and what was happening in those moments. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. me to get to that point,
2: what ended up happening? The last lately was that one time the big big group friends get together and then they didn't even let me know, which is I'm at my apartment. They didn't let me know, but right. they did let the others know. And then when I was walking in, walking like to get inside of my apartment and then I saw them that big huge group and then I was like, "Hello!" And, right. then, <laughs> and then I just walking, in and then they were like, "Oh, yes, the nigga and then Jordan immediately start laughing. And then Jordan immediately say they swear words to us as well. So does them. All of them just laughing. Wow. And then I immediately just go inside of my room quiet. And then I just stand out of my room. They know that Im- once they have friends over, I always on my room because I know they would be making bad comments and stuff like that. Yeah. And when they did that, I didn't say anything to them. And then later on, they had a double date with one of their roommates. Mm. And then, as the girls were over, I came outside of my room because I was about to make dinner. And then, I brought them snacks. And then I was like, "Hey, you guys, since you guys are watching movie, here's snacks for you guys." And then I gave them the snacks. And then, the girls later on, that was on the, they, they felt bad because of how I treated them. And then, they were really shocked about how my mother sort of treated me. Hmm. Because of how nice I was. And then later on that day, I texted on the group chat. I didn't text anyone privately. I'm going to pull out the text message that I sent out.
0: Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, we want the word for word.
0: (laughs) Because this is documented. I have a question about that too. But anyway.
2: I I texted. Remember, I texted on the group chat, the roommate group chat. I didn't text nobody privately. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, I didn't say anyone's name. I said, hey, if you guys gonna have friends over, please tell them that they have to be respectful. Again, this is the last time where I have to say something about those kind of stuff. We'll have to take everything to a next level if it is going to be an ongoing situation. And I am sure none of you will like that. And Jordan immediately replied in less than a minute. Of course he knows what he did. He replied, say, I will, but no promises. And please don't threaten me. Remember, I didn't say anyone's name. So Jordan knows exactly what he mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So oh. he's very defensive. From you guys can see on that text message. Yeah
0: and having the context of it that that's that's wild yeah cuz you, you didn't say anybody's name nope and you I remember you sending us a screenshot i didn't quite know like the full context of it but hearing the context for him to respond back and be like oh don't threaten me it's like you didn't threaten anybody nope you just said we'll take this to you the just next said what well, well, will
1: happen that's right. not a threat that's a
0: exactly i'm telling you the truth yeah it's a statement of fact so that's wild and um honestly he did something similar in the so um there was a group chat do Rachel, do you want to kind of give the backstory? Yeah, so yeah.
1: I'm not gonna say anyone's name mm-hmm. um, to keep people's autonomy, but and privacy. But I I got access to the group chat of the mission that Jordan served in, and in this group chat, someone from this mission sent the video and said, "Jordan, is this you?" And the response in the the group chat was quite interesting because some people were, you know, were. Calling out um, his actions, and other people were um, defending mm-hmm. him. And uh, Nate, I don't know if you want to read. Um, and Jordan himself spoke up actually in the group chat too. Yeah.
0: So the first thing that stuck out to me was like how many people started leaving the group as soon as the video was put in, without even saying anything. A bunch of people just started leaving the group, and that happened like over the next like couple of screenshots. It's probably like six people that just left the group. But it says, um, but then Jordan responded to the video and he said i'm sorry you saw that video this is a terrible situation i have been mischaracterized and that is not who i am and then he said again that is not who i am so my question for you will is what do you think about this statement for jordan to say that he's been mischaracterized Mm -hmm. and that this is not who he is even though he didn't stop his behavior after being confronted about it multiple times what do you have to say like what's your response to this
2: as you all know, in this country, there always have been, once a black man decided to say something or once someone, anyone of color decided to say something, they always trying to call them, call them out. They always be like, hey, he's a bad black person. He's a mm. black, angry person. But in Jordan's situation, for anyone that's listening or that has watched the videos, it is obviously that you guys know exactly. Because not just me, it is hard to be able to have eight witnesses. Mm-hmm. So, for the matter of fact, at that case, it is not even a mischaracter's Jordan at all. Because having Jordan on recording, even admitted what he has done, that part. Jordan's mm-hmm. voice, it wasn't like my voice Make the recording, it was Jordan's voice. Mm-hmm. And not just that, having one of Jordan's friends for the past nine years plus having him to admit it was Jordan what did was wrong. Mm. That's just to show you. There's no way that we will have been mischaracterized, Jordan. That's just excuse. And Jordan keep on making excuses. And even when I sent that text, Jordan was like, don't threaten me. That's a huge excuse trying to play the victim role. And Jordan Mm. knows he cannot be the victim. And Jordan trying to play it like he's dumb. Mm -hmm. Jordan cannot be dumb. Like Jordan cannot play it like he's dumb. Like Mm. He knows what he has done
0: that's true that is true and you know on the recording uh, you know first of all we i had to cut a lot out because there's only so much as you can fit into yep. a small video on TikTok, right but i put in the part where he said i have a lot of black friends in idaho Right? Because pretty much everything that I put in there was an admission of his own guilt, right? He was saying, okay, yes, I did this, but I haven't done it in a long time. I've never said this. When did I ever call him the N-word? I've never looked at him. And, and then he said the N-word, right? He actually yeah. said it on, you know, and then, and then he's like, oh, well, I wasn't saying the racial slur. I was just saying the word, you know? And then he says, um, what do you say? He he tried to make the excuse, well, I'm this way because of my black friends in Idaho, right? Which there are no, like, I doubt you had black friends in Idaho. You might have had one. But you didn't have a lot of black friends in Idaho. You know, but like things like that, where he's just constantly admitting his guilt. And there's no way that he can deny this, you know, because it's on recording. You have screenshots, like it's all documented. Like you said, you have multiple witnesses. All of the roommates have apologized to you personally and said that they should have said something or done something. His best friend of nine said so nine years plus mm-hmm. um, has admitted that this is the way that he is, right? And so for all of those to be there and then for him to say, Oh, this is not who I am there's a lot of other voices that are saying the exact opposite of that. And this is, you know, just an interesting and very convenient way for you to, to try and be the victim. And didn't he tell you that he was getting a lawyer? To yeah, you? let me yeah. get to that point. Tell me about that. The
2: fact that, the fact that when that happened, when I tell Jordan, we're going to take this to the authorities, mm-hmm. the fact that Jordan ran away from the apartment, remember, Jordan ran away from the apartment that night, Jordan went missing from the apartment. That's just to show how guilty he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that Jordan just like running away and then straight up getting an attorney, someone to speak up for him, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's just to show how guilty it was. At that time, I didn't get an attorney or anyone yeah. because I knew I got every single evidence I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't, of course, I was joining mentally, but I wasn't like going all over like crazy. But the fact that he left and then, do all of this stuff. That is to show how guilty it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this was before the video ever got posted, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's wild. So what have been, like, has your thoughts and experience as we shared the video and more people have known about this and even people who are close to you, what has the social media response been to you from people you know or people you don't know What the positive and negatives and, like, how have you felt about that?
2: I feel like... I felt good. I felt really good for the support that I have receiving, like from people reaching out, even have people that were donating. That really mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. especially on those times. Like The messages mean the word to me. Like People been so kind about it. But one thing I have to mention, please if you're listening to this podcast and you are not agree with everything that's happening, but please do not follow me on the street or anything because I have mm. been running into that issues and I don't really? have to
0: deal with it. You've had people follow you on the street, yeah.
2: And it was That's a bu- it was BIU student as I was getting off the UVS that was following me until I go inside of my apartment at Dickland Wood.
0: Wow. Uh, were they what, were they saying anything while they followed you? Yes, they did.
2: <laughs> One of them was like, "What is wrong with people being racist?" And then another one. I'm like they even like were going crazy and then like talking of they were even talking over each other. Cause I cause I think one of them mentioned like it was like so, this is your first time in America and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they were like talking and making comments. And then th- one of them even said the N-word, which is I was very impressed because he was wearing a BYU t-shirt. And I'm guessing <laughs> he's a return missionary. <laughs> because he was wearing a BYU t-shirt. Wow, that I is
1: repping oh, Y to the max. Literally. Repping Y. That is the Love most like, okay, go ahead. Okay. Wow. And, and I continue, can see
2: continue. his garment from his t-shirt. Crazy.
1: So that's that just part, to show
2: you he's definitely a return missionary. And all of them were wearing BYU t-shirts. And they were right next by BYU when I get off. And it was like crazy how they follow me. I -hmm. don't know if they are Jordan's friends or not. But please, before anyone make any bad comments about that, I I invited you guys to come learn. Come embrace. Just like we give in BYU an opportunity to learn. We're going to get to that later on the podcast. But yes, learn something. Because there's so much you guys can learn from it instead of trying to make an argument about it. Mm It's mm. wild that
0: they were even able to identify you at all, and then follow you to your apartment. Yeah, so. but that's a good little walk. That's probably like from the from the bus stop. Cause I know where that bus stop Glen- is. Oh, yeah, yeah. From that bus stop to Glenwood is probably, well, I guess I guess the apartment complex name is out there now. But from that bus stop to that apartment complex, it's probably about a quarter mile
1: walk. Yeah, yeah. It's probably 10, 10 miles. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like crazy. a ten minute walk. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like a good second. Yeah, yeah. So I don't find if the
2: name of the apartment would out there because we need to call them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on now. Lend- yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, the reason I didn't put their name in there at first is because I thought that they had had taken action at first. But now what I understand, what you've told me is that they, yeah. Tell they us never actually took action. Right, is yeah. Tell it? us yeah. what the apartment so complex did. W- yeah, what have they said specifically?
2: So, yes, what happened is that the apartment complex, when I reached out to them, they have failed to get back to me.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. when you get those kind of issues you should be able to respond sooner
1: than later. This is crisis management. I'm like, as someone who's not working in corporate, this is crisis mani- management. You should have a team, there should be protocol, and you know that your response has to be timely. That is the key element. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's just like when they told you someone have an issue at the middle of the night, you're going to figure it out a way to yeah. have one of your team help them at their apartment. Right. Just like that when I email you guys, I'm not expecting you guys to get back to me in 24 hours. But at least, on those kind of issues, there's no way to wait days to get back to me. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to. And especially when my life is in danger like that. So I reached out to them. It
0: was on a Saturday afternoon,
2: yeah? Yeah, and they didn't get back to me. And then, on, and then on Wednesday, I think, I went there and then I talked to them. And then me and one of my... When I went there in the morning, I told one of the girls to email her manager, get a hold of her manager, because her manager was working, one of them was working from home, and one of them wasn't working, because she she had, she had, just had a baby. Mm. So yeah, anyway, and then I let them know, hey, just tell your manager to get back to me, because I wanted to talk to her. And then they didn't get back to me, so I went to the apartment, and then I ended up talking to her on the phone. She was being, at least at that moment, she was trying to be sorry and stuff like that, and I really appreciate her to be sorry, but it will be better instead of make actions mm-hmm. instead of keep yeah. saying sorry, I want to make actions and stuff, yeah, and then they were like, okay, we're gonna give him a three days warning, and then we're gonna have him move into another apartment on Wednesday
0: another apartment, so they still wanted uh, like they want him, out they're, of the gonna him they're, they're gonna keep
2: him they they're gonna keep him at the same complex, and then they're gonna leave. Move him to another no. apartment. Wow. Remember, this is an ongoing situation uh-huh. since October. Since like, since like October, my family came over, and it started since September. Mm. Since when I moved there, I moved there on September first week of September, and then it started right away. So remember, and now in January when we're talking about that same issues, it's a, it there's a there's clearly there's a pattern there. So there's no way to give someone a three days warning. To live at another building complex, mm-hmm. giving them that three days warning, it wasn't even worth it because what do you need them to give them the two days warning to do investigation or what? Because yeah. I, because I give you guys every single evidence that you guys
1: might need. Man, I, I was like, oh sorry. Also, I think it's interesting that they're gonna keep him at the apartment complex, even yeah. though clearly like fear and like sense of safety is in pl- as a, is at play here and they didn't do anything to secure to make you feel safe mm. to make you feel secure C- clearly when he has done lots of he has violated that he himself and it's you know like you said the evidence is there and i'm it's just strange that they didn't like to me that's a like a, that's a evidence to evict someone and say you can no longer live here
0: right at the entire complex yeah to just be like oh we'll move him into a different apartment like
1: I still wouldn't feel safe if he's down the road spreading who knows what to the people around there did you go to church with like that's just no yeah that's yeah. wild
2: so it was such a mess so they even told me that they're gonna come change the doctor you remember still to those days I'm talking with you now on Monday the 30th they have not changed the door key at my door. And Jordan still have access with that same door key. Mm.
0: But the thing is, that doesn't even matter if they change it because he still has contact with the roommates.
2: Jordan still has contact with the roommates. And yeah, to show you how, how much contact key. he has with them, when Jordan had to... Because Jordan ended up selling his contract and he moved somewhere else. And then when Jordan sold his contract, uh, a roommate bring Jordan all of his stuff... Jordan didn't have to come to the apartment. Mm. And the roommate brought it up to him. When I asked the roommate where did he brought it up to them, to Jordan, he told me that he brought it up to him at Del Taco. I don't think that was the truth. But anyways, that was not my point. It's the point was I'm not safe at that apartment. And then when he told me he brought it up at Del Taco, I was like, then anything can happen to me at this point. If Jordan didn't have to come in for him to get his clothes or his family at this point, mm-hmm you guys can just do something to me too for Jordan.
1: Mm. If you guys have
2: that much contact with him still and still willing to help him out. Mm -hmm. Someone like that, you do not support them. And he help him out. And then when he help Jordan out, and I felt very, at that moment, I felt like, (laughs) very insecure at the apartment i'm just like what's gonna happen at any moment and especially that day people like the night before that people were following me and stuff i'm just like jordan move out the door the apartment hasn't changed and my room there's a window that's on the street basically like people can come by the window Hmm. Mm. and then i was like damn what's gonna happen and i did not step out my apartment at all at that moment Mm. and when that happened, I felt like it was very bad, and I didn't like how the Glenn would handle everything. Like, they handle it pretty bad. I know that she was like, Oh, we cannot ev- like evicted someone without not giving them a warning. But there are some issues. Someone's not just gonna kill someone inside of an apartment and give them a warning. Right. Mm. There are some cases you're not gonna give them a warning, yeah, so I feel like that's the same issues. You should have a better way to handle that situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and did they let you leave? Like, have they let? Because I mean, that's the il- like a uh, what's the word when it's like a c- uh,
0: extenuating circumstance.
1: No, it's like the the last resort if you get like a anyway. Sorry, I'm missing words right now. <laughs> but that's to me, that's like the bare minimum they could they could do. Um, is allow you to just, like, leave, right? Like, remove him and also allow you to leave. That's the best-case scenario, in my opinion. So, so have they
0: let you out of your contract?
2: I reached out to them. I let her know that I had people that was following me and all the stuff, mm. and I do not feel safe at the apartment no longer, and then I would love to leave. And I even told her that I will pay this month rent. She doesn't have to worry about it. Right. I will still pay this month rent, and then I will no longer have to pay it beside of that month. And... She told me no, nope, that she's not doing that. That the only way I'm getting out of there is to being able to sell my contract,
1: wow. or
2: p- having to pay the rent. And she was like, "Yeah." And then I felt like she had a better w- way of handling it and everything. And they could definitely do better because there should be special circumstances.
1: Agree. Because
2: right. some of the apartments in Volvo, they even let people leave the apartment when they go on an emission.
1: They do. Yeah.
2: Now come on. Are you going to wait for somebody to die inside of the apartment? Plus, a few months ago, there was a black gentleman that lives 10 minutes away from us that got shot yeah. by the same people that was at the apartment. So when I think about those issues, it wasn't that far from me. The same thing can happen to me too at any time. Mm-hmm. And you never know what people have on their mind. If someone can stand, be like, I don't like Will. Why do I have to treat him like everybody else? Jordan said that. He did. That just show that person really have deep inside of them. Like, yeah. they are not a human for me.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. you agreed. And yeah. if you watch the TikTok video, that's part of the recording that Nate included mm-hmm. was Jordan literally said, I don't like Will, so I'm not going to treat him like other people. Man. And as You, you would have thought that so statement came from, like, the 1960s. You know what I mean? Like, that right. could, yeah. not something that someone would say, like... I don't know, like I there are people I dislike and that I'm not a huge fan of, and they mm-hmm. do things that bother me, but I would never disrespect another person right, on that so level. treat them with respect. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's wild, and we haven't even gotten to like the main course, so to speak, right? So Jordan is a BYU student; he's pre-business at BYU, and all the other roommates are BYU students as well. Is that right?
2: Except one of them. Okay. One of them. okay.
0: Okay, so. Majority of the, the student or the, the roommates are BYU students. Um, what has the response been from BYU? Because you reached out to them. It's been about a week and a half since you reached out to BYU. You emailed the honor code office, you emailed the Marriott School, you emailed the dean of the Marriott School, and you emailed the Office of Belonging.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, Have you heard who like who have you heard back from? One of
2: them, those BRU students, I wanna call BYU out on this podcast Mm -hmm. because they need to educate their people better. You cannot Mm -hmm. even BYU have grad school. How come you have a grad school and where your teachers are not being educated? How like how are they teaching people? Like, come on, how come BRU have law school where BYU cannot even do things right? They don't do things the way that they're supposed to do. Like they don't head a case. Even my case, what right now? I had a meeting with the owner of the the president of the owner code. So really quick, before we get into that, could you just tell us like who has
0: responded? Because like oh,
1: yeah. Like none of the them responded. They d- the d- the didn't
2: respond. They didn't, didn't respond, so does the others. Only one of them that first responded, she was like, get get me out of your email.
0: Wait, who said that? We put that in the video. She said, you can can remove my email from this list. I'm Mm. not the one to help you with your problem. I'm
2: going to call her name out there.
0: Well, we don't have to do that necessarily. But, you know, because I I left her name out, you know, because she did, you know, Didi did email her back and say that this was not an appropriate response. And she did respond back. Okay, I apologize for that. Um, But that is a perfect example of the work that needs to be done at BYU because for her to respond yep. in that way and say oh I'm not the one who can help you with this take my name off this list was highly inappropriate very inappropriate and
1: also not being like well what can I do to help right clearly this is a distressed situation mm-hmm. and you should be looking like I don't know what to do but what I'm trying to direct you to who can do something yeah.
0: and if i remember correctly talking with Dee, Dee she said that the only re- the only way that she got Um, So you had a meeting with the Office of Belonging and the Honor Code Office, is that right? No, the
2: only people that I had meeting with was the president of the Honor Code. And the only reason we had a meeting with them was when the video went went viral. Did he went to campus? Did he make a schedule? But Uh when the video went viral, that's when he reaching out again to making sure that he's meeting up with us Mm -hmm. and staff to keep us on the low. But besides Mm -hmm. of that, nobody else has reaching out. When I went to the interview at BYU, they told me that they're going to make a statement about it. Mm. Oh, really? That they are working on making a statement. Mm. But I don't want BYU to keep throwing statements out there when you're not even keeping yourself accountable for those statements that you're making.
1: Period. Right.
2: Stop making statements. Just like when you keep saying you have office of belonging and you don't even make the people feel like they belong at your Mm. campus. What's that office for?
1: Mm.
0: Excellent point. Literally.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so yeah, that's what happened. I feel like BYU has so much work to do. And from what they and from what I'm getting from them what now? I mean, I would like to say that I will give them a shout out for having an interview with me, but it is their duty to have an interview with me in my case. So I don't owe BYU any thank you or anything for them to have an interview with me until they get that issue taken care of.
1: And so in the interview, what was what was said, and, like, what, what did they say they are going to do?
2: So they said that after when I was done, the president was really being understandable about it. He definitely understand, And this guy know deep inside what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we cannot tell you what we're going to do, but we're going to do an investigation. We had to interview other people as well and stuff like that because they wanted to interview Jordan and then... The women and then the other girls that was on the double date with the guys. So they're going to interview them, and then they're going to get back to me in two weeks, tell me that my case is closed, but they won't be able to tell me anything that happened because of the policy and stuff like that. Mm. Which
0: is crazy. Why are we protecting the privacy of people and like this?
2: Why will you need to do an investigation when I already provide you every single proof and evidence that you need?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before the podcast started, you told me what the president asked you. Um, yeah, if you could p- share that, the president of
2: BIO, the president of the honor court, asked me like, in my situation, what, how do I feel like they could have handled things? How that, what can they do and stuff like that? As you all know, deep dipen- you all know deep inside of you, what needs to get done. One of the things is that you guys are afraid to make the decision, and you c- but you guys know. So one of the examples I give them, which is clearly what needs to happen in. Let's say you have a bad fruit, a bad mango or a bad orange. You put it in a pile of the good ones. It's going to just make the other ones bad as the same one that was already bad. So it's just going to get them messed up too. So in that case, I don't know if BYU wanted to keep uh, the bad oranges around or if they want to just throw it away so that way they can keep the good ones to grow. Because let's say me as your roommate, you treated me that way. How are you going to treat one of your classmates that black or anybody of color that you see on the campus when they are quiet on the campus are you not going to be the reason they are quiet how are you going to make the safe place at the campus when you can't make your room your apartment a safe place for people and not just that where where i deserve to feel like respected where i deserve to treat it you did not even treat me good. How are you going to treat that the camp is a good place for people? So do you want to keep that person around that's going to go around and bully people? Not just that, it will be so a shame of BYU if they just do something else because that has been an ongoing situation. There's there's truly a pattern there. Yep. So there's nothing that should like, be a question or anything about it. And each one of them know deep inside what needs to get done. And BYU so far have said thank you to me for every single evidence that I have proved them. And they are completely fine with evidence they told me. They did not need any more evidence because they got everything covered and it's clearly they don't know what's the issue. Hmm. And they also called Jordan out for being very immature and for how Jordan handled the situation so far. So they know exactly what's needed to get done.
1: Hmm.
0: It's just a matter of doing it at this point. Yep. yep. So we may not know what happens, but we would hope that uh, BYU and the Honor Code Office and the Office of Belonging, whoever else is involved, will uh, make the decision to remove Jordan from from enrollment at BYU, because there's no reason that he needs to continue his education there. Um, That may be something that some people disagree with, but in a situation like this, if you are making other people feel unsafe, and if someone feels like their life is threatened by you, then you're not someone who needs to be around other people um, Especially in a situation like this, you know, if you're going to be discriminating against people, um, if you're going to be using racial slurs, making people feel unsafe, then you need to be held accountable for that. And in this case, accountability would look like him losing the opportunity to get his education at BYU. He can go somewhere else. Yep. Hopefully, he learns from this. But it, I feel like uh, this is the the best thing to do because if not, he's just going to, you know, he'll feel empowered by this, and BYU will be empowering him to do this more often in the future, and then it's just going to breed a very dangerous individual, right? Yeah. Someone who feels like they can get away with whatever they want, whenever they want. And that's not the kind of narrative that uh, that needs to be continued. And it also has nothing to do with the missions of BYU. If BYU is true to, to what they claim on their website yep. when they talk about their missions and objectives, then Jordan immediately, he needs to be removed from the university because he is in full contradiction of, of those objectives.
1: Well, what's interesting is, um, in the honor code specifically, I find it interesting that the honor code met with you of all people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we have for a while, um, different marginalized communities have pushed for, there needs to be something in the honor code about, um, you know, something something about racial, saying inappropriate racial things, or just like, you know, protecting people's right to still, you know, it's freedom of speech, but also like hate speech is not allowed, and there needs to be something written about that in the honor code, and there's nothing in there right now. But to me, the fact that there are so many Uh, So much in the honor code about like what you wear, what you do, you know, all the commandments of the church are in there, right? Like coffee, tea, and all this stuff, and unnatural hair colors, and having beards. These arbitrary things in reality, but there's nothing about, if if this is truly like a Christ-like university, why is there nothing about hate speech or inappropriate language in that way? Because it does talk about like foul language in the sense of like swearing, but like why is nothing of what he said that is a clear violation in my opinion like you clearly need to repent to God if we're getting religious here right and like you have done something wrong and it's like yeah we can't judge people's sins but BYU does judge people's sins Mm -hmm. BYU if you commit certain sins and you attend BYU you will be removed from the university And to me, this is a case where we need to look at this that was this sin that was committed at a level that I think is offensive. If you feel like Mm -hmm. you can remove people from BYU for having sex, if you feel like you can remove people from BYU for drinking, then I feel like this man should be removed for saying racial slurs blatantly multiple times on recordings. To put it
0: into context, um, you know, I'm sure you remember the Brandon Davies. Remember when that happened way back? I think it was like 2015, 2016. Brendan Davies was a BYU basketball player oh, yeah. who had sex.
1: Yes, um, I do remember
0: this. He had sex with someone. Yep. And then he ended up being suspended from the team. Um, he couldn't play basketball. for. I think he had to miss the uh, the March Madness tournament. And that was when Jimmer Fredette was here and BYU basketball was pretty good. Um, but he ended up having to miss that. He was suspended from playing basketball because of that. I know of more than one person who's been actually expelled from BYU Same. for getting pregnant without being married. Um just like you know no other problems academically fine, but just got kicked out of b y u because they got pregnant without being married um things like that where b y u has taken action and kicked those people out of school, this kind of situation, the same thing should occur
2: yeah, and while you guys talking about religion, I also did de- give the church a chance for them to act upon that. Mm-hmm. Because as my bishop, I would have felt bad without not reaching out to him. So mm-hmm. we did send him an email, and he has failed to get back to us.
1: Hmm.
2: And he did not get back to us, but perhaps he did contacted Jordan's family, and then he had spoken with them. And then a week later, when the video started going viral, that when he had reached out to me and then tried to tell me that he would like to meet up with me, how is everything going? Hmm. Like, he didn't didn't even approach the situation. Plus, we even emailed you. You should have at least replied to our email. Right. And Mm. then later on, when I shot him a text message, he responded to me just making excuses. And then basically, all he was saying was that nobody's perfect. And then people make mistakes and stuff like that. Like, he's not perfect. He's trying his best. I understand you are trying his best. But you have to understand, you could have at least be like, hey, I received your email. I am so sorry you are going through this. At least say something. Right. Don't just don't say anything to me and call Jordan's family, making sure Jordan's okay. Jordan's okay mm. on what? Mm-hmm. I was the one who reaching out to you because I felt the need. Jordan needed not reaching out to you first. I was. Mm. The one that sent you the email, and I sent you all of the evidences. So there should be like no issues for you to not contact it to me until like a week later.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's no excuse for that.
2: Nope. No excuse. And then that's when he has come to that. I decided to just leave the church because I felt like being part of a community that do not get your back, that's really hard. Yeah. And then for them to be able to not d- not know what to do and what, no, like, you need to, d- everybody knows what's, what's good, what's bad. When you are doing the bad thing, you know exactly it is, not, it, it is not good. It's just not right. You could have done better. Being part of a community who do not get your back and then, they are basically part of the problem, too. Agreed. Because mm-hmm. probably yeah. if the bishop did reach out, he probably wouldn't get that far. But you have missed your chance, and the church has failed so many people, and I'm one of those people now that mm. they have fell. Mm-hmm.
1: And what's so interesting is in that group chat, that mission group chat, people were defending him, and it was so interesting to me because to me this is a blatant case of wrongdoing. You know, people at BYU and in conservative spaces love to, you know, say microaggressions aren't real and these little things. This wasn't a microaggression. This was a straight aggression mm-hmm. multiple times.
0: With full evidence. Yes.
1: And the fact that we had all the evidence and people literally in this group chat were like, this is bullying. They were saying that that was bullying Jordan. Really? Like, it's just so crazy to me that people will double down in their beliefs and their biases and refuse to even accept when it's plainly in front of them, Mm -hmm. um, which again shows to me that BYU, in my opinion, owes their students um, education on these issues and owes people um, some type of recognition because these are real documented things. People study these things. Outside of cases like yours, Will, this is real stuff that um, has whole literature um, things (laughs) dedicated to it and I think that Um, universities or higher learning institutions they were liberal institutions from the beginning and they owe that to students in my opinion which is why I constantly push for um, some type of race or history class to be taught at BYU because at the very least this can maybe help someone like Jordan or people who refuse to believe your situation they will have hopefully enough unrefutable evidence that will hopefully sway them I I don't know. That's the only thing that I could think of that could help in this situation as well.
2: So I feel like def- BYU definitely can do something better t- at educating their students and then their... And the best way for BYU to start educating people is by keeping you guys self-accountable for actions. You guys need to make actions that going to show the people that you guys are really doing something, not just teaching those, but also making them in practice. Just like in Sundays, you guys are teaching, loving each other, loving that. That was not the love that I have felt so far mm. in my world from any of the mm. people in my world. Like, that was not the love that I have felt, especially for my bishop coming from. And you guys need to make those principles and action, like, in your life. Because this is not okay. Because you guys have to know that. When you guys do something to people like that, it doesn't also cause, like, pain to me. But it has caused pain to my friends and to my mm. family member. Mm. And it is hard for my family member watching me turn down. So yeah. does them. They are also, like, turned down, too. It is yeah. hard for all of us having to go through that pain mm-hmm. and it is not okay.
0: Yeah. And the thing that's frustrating about this is that it could have been prevented. Yep. If somebody had just said something, if one of those roommates, you know, they claimed to have felt bad about it this whole time, but they didn't say anything until consequences were, were apparent, you know? Um, but because nobody did anything, the situation was just allowed to continue. Yep. And even now, um, the people who are in power are not taking the appropriate steps to make sure that these things don't happen again. You know, we'll see what happens within the next couple of weeks. Um, but things like this, you know, BYU and the church have a history of not acting. You know, yep. even the the NAACP. I forget the name, but it, I forget the name of the person. But he was special counsel to the president of the NAACP. And he said that the church um, during their their partnership has been very consistently saying a lot of things and making a lot of promises. Mm -hmm. But then uh, when it comes to actually acting on the things that they say, there hasn't been a lot. And at the end of the article is him saying, well, you know, we hope that they'll uh, start to match their actions to their or start to match their actions with their words.
1: The church hasn't you know? shared this article, though, out of all the ones. From right. The NA. No, not they haven't shared this mm-hmm. one, though.
0: They love to share the pictures of them shaking hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when it comes to somebody in the NAACP actually saying, yes, the church has not done what they've promised. Um, you know, that that's that's a major issue. And also, this is why the Black Menaces started in the first place, because we got tired of, of BYU and the church refusing to act, and so we took things into our own hands. And now here we are a year later, nothing has changed. Something like this happens every single year at BYU. Every single year within the church, there's always some sort of event, some major incident of racism blatant blatant racism and they refuse to address it to change things now i remember you know we said we didn't want brad wilcox fired from the university we just wanted accountability and there was none as far as i know he's still at the university still teaching his religion courses um you know and even at the time people were defending him his his uh well i won't get into all of that but there are people defending him and and and, you know trying to say that we were we were villainizing him and all of these things and General authorities were calling him and talking about how um, how you know he was being persecuted and things like this. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Here we are a year later and the same issues continue. And so as the black menaces, we're going to continue fighting. We're going to continue calling for accountability. Um, we're going to make sure, Will, that your story gets told on many different levels yep. um, because these things need to be address because historically the church has not changed unless there was significant outside pressure to do so that's why the priesthood ban was lifted it wasn't because it was revealed by god it was because um it was Mm -hmm. no longer it was no longer popular you know it was no longer something that was financially reasonable and it was no longer something that was politically reasonable and so they changed and the church has a history of adjusting uh for politics but they usually anywhere from 15 to 30 years behind the times. And so this is something that definitely needs to be changed and needs to be brought into the limelight. Um, I want to kind of end on like a more positive note. Uh, You know, we posted those videos online and even though there have been some negative responses, you've also gotten a a lot of support from people in the comment section. You've had people donate to you. Do you want to just kind of talk about um, like how that support, like what that support has meant to you? And is there anything that you want to say to like people on TikTok, Instagram?
2: I wanted to say thank you to everybody who messaged me privately, who also donate and who also commented. Like Those comments also really helped me. Sometime when i would be going through them, when i feeling low, I will realize that there's still people out there. And I also love when you guys commenting about you guys' own experiences, and also when you guys trying to reach out how you guys can help, and those kind of ways. That really show that we... We are human, that we not alone, that we got each other's back, which is one thing that my main goal is to spread awareness out there so that way people know those things are still happening. And, they are and I want my story to be a life-changing for someone else's so that way they know that they are not the only ones that going to hurt And so that's the reason I wanted to find justice in my case. Because me having justice in my case, not just me, but it's a whole entire people who never got justice on their case, they will finally feel like we've been heard. Mm. And I want to mm-hmm. use my voice and all of the power I got mm-hmm. to find justice.
1: Yes. Love it. Love that. Well, I think we'll end there. That yeah. that was great. You was You shared perfect. a lot, Will, and um really moving and powerful you said a very moving and powerful statements throughout this entire podcast and so i just want to thank you for being vulnerable i want to thank you for coming forward and sharing your story and thank you to everyone who's elevated his story online and um is listening to this podcast and will continue to share about this situation and other instances so that we can hold institutions accountable for for what they do and for the people that they empower
0: absolutely i think uh, um. I think we'll forego recommendations I agree. For this week and just leave it where we are. Yep. Uh, we want Will's story to be the focal point of this episode. Yep. So, uh, Will, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Yep.
1: For being on the podcast with us,
0: and uh, we will catch y'all next week.
1: Yep. Thank you for joining us on the Black Menace podcast today. Make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at The Black Menaces. And make sure to subscribe to our Patreon, The Menace Society, where you can get bonus content from us on the podcast, as well as extra clips from our videos that we film. And don't forget to email us at black menace podcast at gmail.com for menace moments or any other questions that you want us to answer because this show is for you guys thank you
0: and remember always be a menace
1: thank you